0: So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Come and See Inspirations. Being produced here in our Come and See Studio here in Ada, and this the twelfth of January. It's the Baptism of the Lord. My name is John Keeley. and help me to produce the programme as usual this morning, my good colleague somewhere out there in Skyland, Shane Ambrose. Good morning to you, Shane.
1: Good morning, John. And for the last time this year, Happy Christmas.
0: You won't let <laughs> us forget that. Thank you very much, Steve, for that, Shane. We are especially want to welcome our listeners who are housebound, lonely, struggling in some way today, and our listeners who support us each week by prayer. We meet you uh, around the locality from time to time. You keep in touch with us, you say how much you enjoy the programme, and you keep us in prayer. And thank you so much for that. Our program is broadcast on Sacred Space, uh, that's at West Limit Community Radio, uh, to 102 FM, at 10 a.m. and 11 p.m. each Sunday. And it's also available for playback and download on Come and See Inspirations, dot um, com, And also on our blog, sacredspace 102blogspotcom And you can also hear us by uh, going to Spotify or iTunes and searching for Come and see Inspirations, and you'll find us there. As usual, uh, we'll have some saints for the week um, coming up shortly in just a few seconds. In part two of the programme, we are joined by a a guest that I met quite some years ago, a a young person, Annette O'Donnell. And she's going to speak to us about her experiences at Faith retreats. So we'll look forward to that in part two. And in part three, as usual, we will read and reflect on the Word of God. We would ask listeners to to contact us by text, if you can, or email. You can text us on 87 6088667 that's 087 6088667 or you can email us at sacredspace102 at gmail.com please do text us let us know what you think about the program or maybe let us know a music choice you got or more importantly maybe a faith topic you might want us to, to talk about we might be able to get somebody on to speak about that or you might be able to come on yourself and maybe share your experience or, or speak to us about some, taste, some faith topic that that you know will encourage others to continue on living their faith on a daily basis. But in the meantime, we'll go for our, as I called him last week, and I won't call you to any more, Shane, our liturgical nerd, Shane Ambrose, who's going to share with us saints for the week. Thanks, Shane. Good
1: morning, John. How are we keeping? So, as you said, <clears throat> I'm ignoring I'm ignoring the snide comment. Uh, so, as we said, today is the feast day of the baptism of the Lord, and as I said at the start of the program, it is the last day of the liturgical Christmas season. So, today you could take down your Christmas tree and put away the crib. Um, so, for those of us praying the Psalter, Ordinary Time starts tomorrow, Monday, and we'll be reading or praying the Psalter on week one. For those uh, in, who kind of follow the things in, in missiles, for Sunday we're using cycle A, so it's the Gospel of St. Matthew. And for those on the weekday, if you have a weekday missile, we're using cycle 2. Now, just before we start into the saints, I want to give a big shout out to um, the Anish Youth Leadership Training Programme, it's, uh, it's the Limerick Diocesan Youth Leadership Training Programme, and it is on this week and next week, and just a big hello to, um, uh, to all of those taking part, from the leaders that work with the Pastoral Centre and Eva Walsh and Father Chris O'Donnell. Uh, to all of the schools that are taking part as that is, it's been going, I think it must be going for about 20 years at this stage, um, where they take people away, uh, students for a week uh, and train them in terms of youth leadership and how to work together and identify a problem and come up with ways to solve problems. It's a great program. And just that's happening for the next uh, two weeks. I think it's on in Perlis, uh, I think, this year. Now, back to the Saints of the Week. So Monday the 13th is the feast day of St. Hilary. Now otherwise known as Hilary of Poitiers, which as I understand is somewhere in France. So this guy was a Bishop of Poitiers from 353 AD. He's known as a doctor of the church because he wrote many books, um, particularly during his exile, uh, which was ordered by the emperor Constantius. Um, And he's kind of, he stands out there because he wrote a lot on the Trinity. Um, Famously enough, the book is called De Trinitate. Um, and as well as that, he he wrote and defended against the heresy of Arianism. So that's St. Hilary. Then on the 14th of January, we have the feast day of St. Bar- Barbarasimus, is how I'm going to pronounce his name. I'm probably mangling this. But anyway, he was he a was bishop of Seleucia in Greece in 342. And he was arrested and tortured with 16 priests in the, under the persecutions of King the II. We don't remember the name of his companions. They've been lost to us in history. Um, he was offered a cup filled with gold coins if he would worship the Persian gods. And he declined and he was beheaded in 346 AD. So that's who we remember on the 14th of January. Then... On the 15th of January, of course, it is a big feast day for the Diocese of Limerick, because, of course, it is the feast day of St. Itap, co-patron of the Diocese, and, of course, very much associated with the parish of Chilili. Of course, we have covered this numerous times on the programme with our great friend uh, Michael... uh, um, Michael Keating, mm-hmm. thank you thank you, John Michael Keating and of course exploring the life and story of Ida who was a desha born in Waterford of noble and Christian parents and she founded her monastery of course in Calidia and of course the great thing about Ida is of course she's known as the foster mother of the saints of Ireland and she died around 570 AD so we celebrate her feast day on the 15th of uh, 15th of January on the 16th of January we celebrate the feast day of St. Fursas, so another Irish saint one of the great monastic missionaries he's with his brothers folian and ultan he went to live in east anglia but he was still kind of drawing crowds to himself so he left Fulon as abbot and he sought refuge in france and he is died around 650 at mezerol i think is how it's pronounced and he's which became and he was buried at peron which became a great center of devotion to him then on the 17th of January, we have the feast day of St. Anthony of Egypt. Now, I make the distinction, uh, as opposed to St. Anthony of Lisbon or St. Anthony of Padua. St. Anthony of Padua is the guy you pray to if you lose something. St. Anthony of Egypt is the abbot and he is the father of modern monasticism. Um, He lived a life of solitude, but also attracted many to form the earliest monastic communities in the deserts of Egypt, particularly around Sinai and outside Alexandria, and he died in 356 AD. Then finally, on Saturday the 18th, we have, I'm going to go for a blessed this time, John. So it's Blessed Victoire Gusto. She is one of uh, one of the martyrs of the French uh, Revolution, and she was beatified in 1984 by John Paul II, and we celebrate her memorial on the 18th of January. So that's what we have in terms of our celestial guides for this week.
0: So now, at this point of the program, we will pray as usual a spiritual communion prayer. And this, of course, is for those of our listeners, and there's a few of them who can't go to Mass, can't uh, receive Holy Communion at Mass these days because of illness, or maybe they just can't get out of the house. Um, And so we thought this was very important to keep them connected with our practice, and this is a spiritual Communion prayer. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. So now we go for our first bit of music. This one by uh, Melinda Domitscu, and this one is entitled Bless the Lord, My Song. So join us again in part two, where we'll be chatting with Annette O'Donnell. So welcome back again to the second part of come and see inspirations my name is john keely still joined by Shen ambrose and you're in the end of the skype line and it's a pleasure for me to introduce someone who i met a few years ago actually in a faith camp uh, for children here in Abbeyfield, organized by martina o'sullivan a good friend of the family um good morning annette o'donnell welcome to come and see inspirations
2: thank you so much for having me john
0: that's that's a few years ago now since I met you there back at the faith camp with our good friend um, Martina O'Sullivan. I was speaking with her in more recent days and she asked me to mm-hmm. pass on her regards to you. Well done. Now, you're from Mitchellstown, I think, in County Cork and you're attending university in Dublin.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: How does someone like you get involved with a faith camp in Feel?
2: Well, I was very blessed when I was in third year in secondary school. A religion teacher, Martha Kent, she set up a faith camp in Mitchellstown and asked for volunteers from the school um, to go and to just help with the children. And I suppose maybe the incentive was going into transition year, we were undertaking different awards like the Goshka, and it was almost advanced payment towards those hours. So almost half a year volunteered at it. And the first, it was my first ever faith camp and I was on, art and I saw nothing but glitter and glue for the week.
3: <laughs>
2: I loved it. Um, and yeah, from there, then the following year, I did art more. And Abbey Field almost became my second home, I said, with the lovely O'Callaghan's and um, yes. Martina and, and all the people, people down there. Beautiful yeah.
0: people. Tell me, do, um, did, did, did faith play an important part of your family just before, before the faith camp as you were growing up? in your family
2: um i suppose i would have gone to mass on a sunday and maybe under a little bit of protest um we would always we yeah we would have had or we would have had to go to mass on a sunday we would have known how to pray the rosary um and my mom would have good faith so there was there was a lingering of it absolutely
0: beautiful so after, after um, faith camp in Abbey Fior, you continued on your mm-hmm. faith journey with a few more uh, episodes, one of which I believe was, I think it was last year, you said you attended a Sikh conference in Indianapolis. What's, mm-hmm. a, what's a Sikh conference and why did you go?
2: A very good question. Um, so Sikh is a conference that is held in the States, as you said, in America, and it is for university students, Um, or young professionals to attend. It's run by FOCUS missionaries. So FOCUS stands for Fellowship of Catholic University Students. And these are all people who have graduated in college. You know, some of them might have done science, history, medicine, whatever. And they're taking a year out, maybe a year, two years, three years to go back and serve on campus in universities and to establish, I suppose, um, relationship between um, between college students and themselves and to help them in their relationship with God. So there's almost a thousand missionaries worldwide. It's a phenomenal story about how it grew and the fruits that they're bringing about is just unbelievable. Um, And so when I was in second year in college, I lived with uh, girls who were in UCD. I myself don't go to UCD, but through them and their contact with the Focus missionaries on campus, I got to know about Focus. And I remember one of the missionaries, we were volunteering just at an event in Dublin. And one of the missionaries said to me, Annette, you're going to go to America and to the conference and i said absolutely not i thought it was completely ludicrous that you fork out a fortune um, on flights and everything else to go to an america to go to a conference that was in ireland Mm -hmm. Um, but you know god's ways are always bigger than our own john i ended up going um uh, so actually i went twice i went to the first conference which is in chicago two years ago. And then the second conference I went to was Sikh. So that has over 18,000 university students present. And my God, did the Americans tell us what it was to have faith. Wow. You know, like during adoration in this amazingly massive hall, you could hear a pin drop and there were 18,000 knees on the ground you know 36,000 because both knees were on the ground it was phenomenal and the speakers were just top class um and of course we were Irish we were adored over there it was just a phenomenal experience and one that I'll definitely never forget
0: Sally can I just ask you again did you say (laughs) 18,000 yeah Okay, I thought I had, I, I had a beautiful experience in Medjugorje a few mm-hmm. times when I'd be, at Med, I'd be at adoration there. And, uh, you know, maybe there'd be a few thousand there, you know, maybe 10,000, maybe, you know, but, but, but mm-hmm. eight, 18,000 young people mm-hmm. not here in a pin yeah. drop.
2: Unbelievable. And I suppose, you know, oftentimes when you're at mass here and you can feel like you are really part of the minority being a young person and just seeing that faith, that amount of faith being contained in one room was just really inspiring. And I suppose another thing is, you know, to describe the Americans that were there, they were unashamedly Catholic um and it's something you really notice you know i oftentimes people you know might say oh are you off to mass and you know even if you are you'd say yeah oh but sure only because the parents are making me go you know there we sometimes feel like we need to defend or ourselves we have to explain ourselves and it does make you question why you know you know maybe there's that little bit of shame lingering there um but their faith was just such a beautiful part of them and they were really moving mountains with their evangelization. Um, yeah. And, you know, I suppose I understood when I was there, why you needed to go to go to Indianapolis to have that experience with that amount of people um, and the religious that were there. I mean, the queue of priests, that processed up and down before and after Mass, there was a wait of up to three minutes just for them to pass. It was surreal. Yeah, and I suppose, you know, the whole thing about being Catholic is we're part of being part of the church, is being part of a very big, um, very big church. And that was just really evident to see.
0: Just going back there, and, and you mentioned there about speakers. Uh, I would imagine that the speakers there were speaking to the experience of young people, and that's what spoke to the young people. They needed to hear things from where they were, i.e., mm-hmm. they're in the culture, and all the problems attended to the culture. So, they were speaking to to the people who were living in 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 the culture, but with that faith aspect too. Would that be right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I suppose they were relevant and they were relatable. Um, they knew what the student experience was like and some of the speakers, you know, they were just students a very short time ago. Um, but I suppose they were practical in their approach as well. You know, they know the struggles. You know, a person decides to set up a, a prayer meeting on campus all enthusiastic and all of a sudden no one's turning up. Um, So, you know, what are the practical ways that we can establish um, a real relationship with Christ, with people? And I suppose the focus model of that, um, what they would term discipleship, is very effective in that manner. What they advocate is you invest in two people, just two. Um, So you get to know those people, you build a friendship with those people and you introduce those people to God and you know the idea is eventually each both of those two people will go on to disciple two other people um, and you know they did a model and you know it's it's I suppose that is that is a, a lot more effective than we can think in terms of you know I need to we need a People at a prayer meeting, um, and I suppose you know, looking at looking at the Lord, He had twelve disciples, and there is a lot that we can learn if we go back to that.
0: Just before we leave, uh, we, we leave this particular section. You, you might just uh, just stay with me just for this last little uh, question. Um, from your experience, Annette, and I've asked this over a number of people over over the over the years. What would you say to to listeners of this program who may be young or maybe not so young who are struggling uh, these days to stay connected with God in the culture with all that's been thrown against them and all the negativity and so on and so forth?
2: Mm -hmm. I suppose, you know, we can struggle to find God because of all the distraction that we have. Um, So taking a time where you just remove that distraction, you know, in peace and quiet first thing in the morning last at night in the car and you know know that God is always there and he is just waiting for you to ask to talk to him and how do you talk to God you pray and that is what prayer is and you know I suppose so many people can can say well how do I pray and the simplest prayer is is your how how you're feeling, and how what you want to ask God? Just ask him, and um, keep trusting. No, yeah, that that's what I would say. Know yeah. that He is always there, hmm. so ask Him, and keep asking Him, um, because He He will talk back. He will show you the way. Um, keep asking is what I would say, and make time. You know, I suppose it's like any relationship. We, we live our lives and they're so busy and then something happens and we say oh god why did you do that yeah. mm-hmm. and you know i suppose if you imagined it in terms of a relationship you know oftentimes it could be a very unhealthy relationship yeah. mm-hmm. where it's it's a one-way system and we need to realize that that it, it does work as a two-way
0: system thank you so much indeed for that annette are you going to stay with us for the gospel reflection you are of course. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed. Now, before that, I asked you to choose a little piece of music. Uh, what music did you, yes. what did you choose? And why? Um, and why?
2: So I talked a little bit about that moment when I looked around and there was everyone with their 36,000 knees on the ground. And the the hymn that was playing at the time was, Oh, Come to the Altar," And... Yeah, it just, it has a beautiful memory for me of Seek, And when you listen to the words, it is, you know, it's like an invitation from God. And it's just a warm embrace that he wants to give. It's beautiful and I do love it.
0: Maybe maybe this is our chance too, to to also just give the Lord a few minutes here while we're listening to this beautiful piece of music. It's sung by Elation in Worship and it's entitled, I'll oh, Come to the Altar. So welcome back again to the third part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley, still joined the near end of the Skype line by Annette O'Donnell and Shane Ambrose. Thanks a lot again, uh, Annette, for, for for sharing that uh, inspirational uh, information with us uh, in part two. This is the most important part of, of any program we do here on Sacred Space and Come and See Inspirations is where we read and reflect on the Word of God, and before that, There's a prayer we always pray before reading and reflecting on scripture, and this morning I'll ask Shane to read that for us. Thanks, Shane.
1: Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed nor our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms to Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.
0: Thanks for that, Shane. So now it comes for the gospel for today and, of course, the, the feast today, the baptism of the Lord. Um, the gospel is taken from Matthew. The gospel is taken from Matthew, chapter 3, verse 13 to 17. And we'll invite Annette to read the gospel for us this morning. Thanks, Annette.
2: Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and yet you are coming to me. Jesus said to him in reply, Allow it now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfil all righteousness. Then he allowed him. After Jesus was baptised, he came up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened for him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming upon him. And a man came from the heavens, saying, this is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased.
0: Thanks for that, Ines. So that's the gospel for today. Um take it from Matthew chapter three, verse thirteen to seventeen. Have you got a few little comments you'd like to make on that gospel? Mm-hmm.
2: Please. Um if I was to just pick out two little bits from that, it would just be, I suppose, the the humility of the of the Lord, you know that he would allow John to baptise him, you know, a God so great. And that I suppose it, it, it shows the power that we have, you know, in serving others when we serve God and when we serve others. Um, by, by serving others, we serve God. Um, and just the beauty that's surrounded by that, that even, you know, the Lord... The Lord showed us that example. And I suppose, you know, the Lord, you can say, being the greatest and and John being one of the least. And he swapped the roles around instead of the greatest being the greatest. He he said, no, no, no. You know, I'm I'm going to I'm going to become one of you and I'm going to I'm going to live with the least Um, and I I just I just think it's a beautiful example of humility Um, and I suppose the other thing is that he saw the Holy Spirit descend like a dove and just the reminder that any of us who have been baptized we have the Holy Spirit within us and oftentimes we we just need to be reminded of that reminded of the gifts of the Holy Spirit and to just call on the Holy Spirit that really lives within us.
0: And, uh, thank you so much for that. Shane, would you have um, a few comments you'd like to share with us again, please?
1: Yeah, I suppose um, what we're looking at here, of course, as we said at the top of the programme, is today, of course, is the last Sunday of the Christmas season. And we're drawing to a conclusion. Today, today is the last day of Christmas, and because uh, tomorrow, tomorrow is the first day of what is ordinary time. And with Matthew's Gospel, we're presented here with the last, if you like, theophany, the last epiphany, the last manifestation, which is what, after all, Christmas is about. Because what we celebrate during the Christmas season is the incarnation of Christ, the inbreaking of God into our world. God became man. That's what we're celebrating. And the revelation of that to all of humanity. You know, we start at Christmas Eve with the shepherds <laughs> representing the people of God, the Israelites. We have the Magi on this on Little Christmas, symbolizing, of course, um, the, the the revelation to the Gentiles. Um, we have the the visit to Simeon and Anna in the temple because you know they go up to fulfil the law. Um, and then, of course, today we have again the account of the the, the this manifestation, this revelation of who Christ was to himself and so that he could start his public ministry and the one thing i always think about it when you're reading this particular gospel is of course the fact that that conversation at the beginning when john is saying why on earth are you asking me to do this we have to remind ourselves of course that john and jesus were cousins they were family they knew who each other was um from that point of view as well aside from the fact that we we understand and we see that john is the new isaiah who recognizes the lamb of god who understands if you like the role that jesus is going to play in the salvation of humanity and i i always think about that like you know it's two cousins and i like to think maybe that perhaps the conversation was a bit less you know a less highfalutin as matthew puts it it was kind of more john going what the hell are you doing you know um but i suppose that is the thing about it because I suppose when we talk about the baptism of the Lord, it's represented many different ways. The iconography of it in particular is full very much um, of, of different symbolisms. And in this particular regard, I think our brethren in the Orthodox Church, when they come to depict this in their art, they, they, they capture more the essence of it. Because, of course, what we're talking about here is Jesus didn't need to be baptized. He was God. That's what we profess. He was true God and true man. He was, you know, uh, the two persons in, the, in, 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 uh, in, in Jesus, both human and divine. But at the same time, what he has done by entering into the Jordan is he has demonstrated uh, his absolute lowering himself down to our level, the level of sinful humanity. Um, it's like that great prayer of of, of in, in in one of the, in Paul's letters. Like you know, he 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 his status was divine, but he did not cling to it. Um, and, and for us, that's what the reminder is about on this Sunday's gospel is the fact that no matter who we are and who we think we are, no matter how much we think we're excluded by society, no matter where we think we are on the verges, on the margins. The baptism reminds us that Jesus has come into the world for each of us. Each of us that has been baptized, we have been baptized in Christ. That's the, that's the terminology of the theology that the church uses. And what that means is we are part of who Jesus is because he went into the Jordan. He sanctified the waters that those people were in. He lowered himself down, and as, but at the same time, in lowering himself down, to be at our level, when he came back out of the Jordan, the father recognized the gift of love that he had demonstrated and confirmed him in his divinity as much as in his humanity. And for us, I think this Sunday, it's very much a gospel of hope. um, And particularly for those of us who might be struggling to see where we fit in the overall scheme of things, because it is, for those of us who are baptized, Baptism cannot be undone. I remember a couple of years ago, there was a big tatarara about people wanting, they were claiming their GDPR rights because they wanted the baptismal records uh, adjusted in churches because they, didn't, they weren't part of the church anymore. And it, I, it always struck me as a bit strange. If you're, not, if you're not practicing, if you don't care about it, why does it bother you? You know, Because at the heart of it all, no matter what we say or think, we know if we are baptized, it's not something from a faith perspective that can be undone. You are baptized forever. You are a, you are anointed priest, uh, king, and prophet on the day of your of your baptism. Over the Christmas, I was lucky enough that one of my little nephews was baptized, uh, William William Jurd, and I had the privilege of standing for him as his godfather. And you know, it's in the chaos of a family baptism you know when you have other smallies running around um having close encounters with the crib and other things you know it's the symbolism of it all that really strikes you the simplicity of it you know you 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 confirm your faith the community is asked to receive the child you know the child is anointed with the oil of chrism uh, is baptized with the water like Christ was in the Jordan and is then clothed as anew in the white robe to symbolize they're you know coming forth as a new child of God as much as a child of the community a child of our family and for us I suppose as we've paused and reflect on this baptism of the Lord I suppose to think about it in two ways each of us is called each of us is blessed because we have been baptized into Christ Christ lowered himself down to our level and it doesn't matter what you think of yourself God is with you in that place that you are at in, no matter where that loneliness is or that sorrow is or that sadness is. And we have hope because he is with us.
0: Shane, thanks for that. What a beautiful way to, to, to finish off, the, off that reflection in terms of hope. Just two little things I just want to mention there myself. Um, at Lectio Divina on Monday nights. Uh, just to remind people again, Lecture Divina is available in Newcastle West Parish Centre every Monday evening from... Quarter past eight, until quarter past nine, with Father Frank Dewey, where each week Father Frank goes through the following Sunday's Gospel and breaks it open and relates to us as to how it can affect us. It's not always about the other person. It's not what happened 2,000 years ago. It's Jesus really speaking to ourselves. But one thing Father Frank mentioned to us at our Lecture Divinity meeting last Monday was he reminded us um, of the connection or the link between holy water and baptism. When we were baptized, we were blessed, as Shane just mentioned there, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Each time we take holy water, we're actually baptizing ourselves. Each time we take holy water, we're blessing ourselves in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. I thought that was so so important for me to remember that. And also maybe the important of maybe more regularly, blessing ourselves especially maybe if we pass a church some of the things that we used to do years ago we're not doing it so often now might be a good witness for ourselves to other people not to be afraid I mean I, I, I'm I often I often see it myself if I'm walking up up the road or just passing a church and I see people passing in cars the amount of people who actually bless themselves passing, passing in the cars it's, it's a witness it's a witness to their own faith but it's, it's also a witness to others the other part that I liked is the very last sentence of the gospel A voice voice spoke uh, from heaven. This is my son, the beloved, and my favour rests with him. We're all told this each day. We're sons and daughters of God. We are loved by God. And and God's favour rests on us. Let's try and keep that in mind each week, this week, and maybe for the rest of the year. That God loves us. And we can do nothing about that. God loves us. End of story. Let's just try it maybe this year to remember that we are part of God's plan. God loves us. God has us where we are and in our struggles. He's there to help us. Thanks a lot, guys, for for sharing the programme with me. Um, Annette, again, thanks a lot for joining us on the programme.
2: My pleasure. Thanks for having me, John.
0: Hopefully it won't be the last time. (laughs)
2: <laughs> hopefully not we'd we love to eat you at the outcome.
0: <laughs> yeah no no beautiful thank you so much indeed now we're going to go out, uh, finish up the programme this week with our final piece of music and this is by Ceci Williams one of my favourites and this one is entitled Holy Spirit come build this place so next week for myself and Shane God bless you all now and let bye
3: bye Is longing just to hear from you? My soul is waiting to know someone who can take us higher, help us make it through. Our hearts are hungry for your perfect peace Our souls are thirsty for the joy you bring. So sing your glory, your praise complete Sing down the rain, touch us